Hello and welcome to the United on Wheels podcast. What is up? It's me, Paul Amadeus Lane. I am so, so delighted to have you on our show today. Why? Because we're going to talk about what it really means to be strong, wheeled together. Many of you know what I'm talking about. That's the campaign that we're doing uh, this year. And we are so delighted that we've had so many people be involved with this campaign, how we're able to highlight uh, different ones who are part of our community, who are just showing how strong willed they are and how a collective together, we're able to accomplish some great things and to really bring awareness uh, to what we're doing out here for the community. Don't forget, go to our website, unitedspinal.org. And there you can find out what the Strong Will Together campaign is all about, amongst other things that we do over at United Spinal Association. And you might have come across this particular article right here, highlighting Adam Lane. And yes, he is one of my relatives. And when I have him on, you'll be able to look at the family resemblance that we have. But I am so, so glad that we highlighted his story on what he did. I mean, imagine taking on this task, hand cycling through many states, raising awareness for a great cause. We're going to talk to him about this experience and much, much more. So why don't we welcome him on right now? And I am so delighted to have with me right now my next guest, Oklahoma chapter of United Spinal, the great one himself, Adam <laughs> Lane. Adam, what's going on, relative? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Got a I great last name. Hey, I told everybody before I brought you on, I said, you know, I'm going to talk to one of my relatives today, Adam. So, so it was great to talk to Adam. Yeah, you got a great last name too. Very strong last name, Adam. Yes, indeed. The resemblance is uncanny too. Tell me about it. They wouldn't be able to tell us apart, man, if we were walking side exactly. by side together. So we're <laughs> <laughs> so, delighted, so delighted to have you on. And I kind of mentioned this a little bit uh, before I brought you on about, you know, the amazing feat that, you wanted to accomplish and hand cycling and, 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 and Adam, let's talk about what made you want to do that in the first place, a part of the strong will together campaign that we have over here at United Spinal. Well, uh, it's been kind of in the back of my head for a very long time. And uh, fitness has been a huge part of my, my life after a spinal cord injury. And it, it has had a huge impact on uh, my mental health and just everything about my life since then. And uh, whether I did triathlons for a while, uh, did Pilates, I've done yoga. I'm a yoga instructor. And uh, I just had this idea of um, I wanted to do something large and I wanted to give back to United Spinal Association. And so the fact that it, it worked out that they were doing the strong wheeled campaign this year and I was ready to do the trip. Uh, everything just kind of came together perfectly uh, so that when they talked about one of the things that they were, uh, the United Spinal was uh, wanting to uh, build more awareness for was fitness. It just worked out perfectly that, that the timing finally fell together for everything because uh, I had been training for a couple of years getting ready for this. I had been talking with my employer for sponsorship uh, I had originally wanted to do it last year uh, and 
looking for sponsorship in early 2020. Uh, businesses were, you know, not even sure they were going to be open for the following year, much less sponsoring. And so it just worked out that it fell on this year. And uh, with the Strong Wheeled campaign being this year, everything fell into place. So it worked out perfectly. And Adam, if you don't mind, why don't you share with us, if it's okay, about a little bit about your, your spinal cord injury and how that how that occurred. Sure. I just uh, celebrated the anniversary this this week, actually. So on uh, July 14th of 2007, um, I rode motorcycles for quite a while and was out riding that day. And uh, I still don't remember the actual accident itself. I remember everything until about five minutes before and then a couple minutes after, but I don't remember the actual crash itself. But uh, evidently, I leaned into a curb and for reasons we haven't figured out. I wasn't going too fast. Uh, I didn't come across anything in the road. Uh, but for some reason I just straightened up and then locked up the brakes, went off the road, the bike threw me and I hit a four by four signpost head first and, uh, completely sublexed my spinal column, completely severed the spinal cord and, uh, woke up on scene. I was a paramedic prior to my injury and, uh, you know, at first, uh, I got, I did get knocked out. So at first I was confused and trying to get up. And, uh, finally, once I sort of calmed down a little bit, I thought, oh yeah, you're not supposed to move. And so I calmed down and, um, uh, I was awake and coherent for the ambulance getting there, them, uh, taking a look at me, getting me loaded up, getting me to the hospital. Uh, so I knew early on that I had a spinal cord injury, um, I was hoping that it was something else. I didn't know what it would be, but I knew that I couldn't feel my legs. I knew that when they asked me to wiggle my toes that I wasn't wiggling them. Uh, and uh, yeah, it. Uh, I had a, a bit of a spiritual awakening uh, is the best thing that I can call it on the scene of the, the injury. And that I, I knew that uh, no matter what happened to me physically, I was okay and I was going to continue to be okay. And so that sort of gave me some comfort to, to continue on and, and kind of move on and figure out what the next steps in life were. Adam, when I hear your journey, of your spinal cord injury, uh, you and I are, are so similar. And I'll tell you, not only because we have the same last name, but um, I was a EMT too here in California, worked okay. for EMS. So you and I are both EMS brothers for life. Yeah. And um, my accident happened. I was on my way home and um, hit a car. Um, I wasn't driving. It was a chain reaction on the 710 freeway here in California. Five cars, seven people. I had a subluxation of my spinal cord as well. Uh, six and uh, seven sublocked. And uh, interesting thing about me was my job was the one to rescue me. So here I was laying on the freeway and my supervisor pulls up in the ambulance and he's like, why does that guy look familiar over there laying down? And they came over. It's like, oh, wow, it's Paul. So my, my coworkers surrounded me. They took great care of me. And uh, like you, I was hoping because of our medical background that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Because I remember going into the emergency room, wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers. Um, can you uh, tap your tap your heel and all these things? And so, yeah, that that, that took me back. So and not only do we have the same last name, but we're EMS brothers for life. So that, that's really cool. And, and uh, 
I don't know about you, Adam, but I was not a bad patient, but because I knew certain <laughs> things, you know, about what I learned in, in EMT school about mm. certain procedures that they were doing. So sometimes me and the CNAs, we would get into it because I'm like, no, you're not going to ice me down with ice when I have a fever because that's just going to make my, my my fever spike. No, you're not going to ice me down with alcohol because that's going to spike. So I was kind of like, you know, arguing with them. But what about you when you were in hospital? You weren't, you weren't, a, uh, you weren't like me, were you? Uh, I, uh, well, I was shaking my, or nodding my head because uh, I am still to this day a, a bad patient. My sister's a physician and I'm, you know, former paramedic. And uh, mm -hmm. if there's one thing medical people have in common is we're not always the best patients. But uh, uh, while I was in the hospital, thankfully, I was a fairly easy <laughs> patient as far as spinal cord injuries go. Uh, the only time I was intubated was for my surgery. Um, I didn't really have any issues with fevers or anything. Uh, I was out of ICU within a couple of days. Uh, and the only reason I didn't move down to the rehab unit from the floor sooner was because they didn't have a, a bed ready for me. So I didn't give them a, too much of an option to be uh, a bad patient. But uh, I still find myself doing that from time to time, though, like knowing just enough to be dangerous. Yes, yes, I, I, I get it, Adam. I'm a, I, I'm, a, I'm the same way, same way. And Adam, what's the level of your injury again, if you don't mind? Uh, T10, T11. T10, T11. And what, what were some mm -hmm. of the things, Adam, that you saw yourself having to kind of grapple with, uh, knowing that, you know, you now had a spinal cord injury, certain things that uh, you were used to doing may have been impacted or no longer be able to, to do that anymore. How did you, how did you kind of deal with those, those changing uh, circumstances? Uh, I mean, being a, an EMS was one of the hardest things. Uh, and to this day, I see somebody drive by, especially if they're going lights and sirens. I always joke, they're, they're playing the songs of my people. Like I just, I miss, I miss it. Man, and, and uh, uh, for several years, I think five years after till uh, about 10 years after, uh, I lived just down the street from a station. So I would, you know, hear them go out at two or three o'clock in the morning and part of me would miss it. But then part of me would roll over and go back to sleep and think, OK, it's not so bad. Uh, but I mean, so that was definitely uh, part of it. Um and then I also uh, played the drums prior to my injury. And um, and I know that I can still play percussion and there's ways that you can modify things to, to play, you know, a drum kit, uh, but it's just not the same. And, uh, and I see people that are doing it. And part of me is, um, thanks, man, I should do that because they're just enjoying playing, but, Part of me also played at a certain level. And so I, you know, I, I've talked to several people that, that do different uh, sports and a lot of them have said uh, that they got into a sport other than the one that they did prior to the injury because they were competing at such a high level that they, they can't go back to the same sport. They can do something else and they can compete at that level and they're not comparing it. But uh, one person uh, had been a um, 
professional water skier and I've been on a circuit and all that stuff. And he doesn't water ski, but he hand cycles and, uh, you know, just similar things and that not so that sort of similar, if I can't do it at the same level, I don't, it's may not be right, but that's where I am so far. Uh, I haven't gotten back into percussion. So I, I've thought about playing a different instrument, but that's, that's mm-hmm. really come into play. But, um, but there's so many different things. I mean, relationships, there's obviously things that come into play with that. And, um, you know, the first time I went out on a first date and I was used to, uh, you know, getting the door for them. And I just, I, I do tend to, uh, have a little bit of a, I mean, it's that dark humor that EMS gives you sometimes, I think. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, um, so I do tend to, if I'm struggling with somebody, tend to meet it with humor first, which sometimes can be good, but sometimes uh, in relationships that can also get annoying because they know that uh, I'm skating around something. But, you know, the, the first couple of first dates that I was on, you know, joking and said, I, I could open the door for you, but you're still going to have to wait until I go and get into my car. And because I still transfer into the front seat and then break my chair down and throw it into the back seat. And, you know, I don't want to hit you in the head with a wheel or something. So I'll open the door, but you're going to have to wait a minute and close it yourself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and try and hit it with humor. But, um, you know, it just it took a while of the humor and, and just doing it for a little bit to sort of get past that um, wondering what thinking about it and realizing the ones that don't, the ones that mind don't matter and the ones that matter don't mind uh, and just sort of getting into that, that deal. But um, so much of it is just, it's all different and everybody has their own process and, and uh so yeah, the the EMS it still hurts a little bit, I, but I love what I'm doing now, and I've loved several of the jobs that I've had since then. So that helps, but I still get that twinge every once in a while. Um, and you know, some of it is just doing things differently, and some of it's uh, just knowing that you can't do it and um, and moving on. Uh, but I mean, there's all sorts of um, I don't want to say mind tricks to play but um somebody told me early on you know you can focus on the thousand things that you can't do anymore or you can focus on the ten thousand things you still can do um and you know i choose to focus on that so so much of the uh quote-unquote getting over things or getting through things is uh remembering that uh pain is inevitable but suffering is optional and uh not not trying to um, pass over things that hurt, but kind of trying to feel that emotion and, and then look for ways to get past it and get through it and, and move on. No, I, I get that. I get that, Adam. I remember uh, when I used to hear sign, cause I'm going on 30 years for maybe 30 years, uh, next, next January. And, you know, I, I still, when I hear him playing our song and, and the action and i'm like oh man you know i really really enjoy doing that and as a former musician myself i was a a keyboard player and even though you can have you know different type of pro tools reasons and all these other different things but it wasn't the same of me doing phraseology with my hands and and you know and doing certain things so so i get that because i tried it a little bit did a couple did a couple of songs and everything i was i was really um happy with but 
it, it just wasn't the same. And that's when I kind of gravitated towards uh, broadcast journalism. And that, that became like my, my new outlet to, to use my creativity with video editing and all these other things. And, and to hear you say that, Adam, I, I totally, I totally get that because it, you know, I, I get that. I know exactly, exactly how you feel with that. And when you look at when you first was injured in the early years, what were some of the things that, that kind of helped you to kind of refocus on maybe a new career, uh, maybe uh, the fitness aspect of it that, that, that you excel in? And I'm going to ask you some tips because you are in a lot better shape than me, and I want to make sure that I, 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 get my, I get my sexy back, so I need your help with that. So, <laughs> so if you don't mind, I'll see what I can do. All right. That sounds good. So, so please share that with your mind. Sure. Uh, early on, um, I had a couple of moments of clarity and then I, and also remembering some things from uh, prior to my injury that 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 helped me. Um, but early on, uh, I realized that um, God didn't do this to me like I, you know, he didn't cause the injury, but he can bring something out of it. And so it shifted my focus to how can what has happened to me help other people and how can I use this to, to make a difference? Uh, so that helped with everything, but specifically um, looking for the types of jobs that I wanted. Uh, and I wasn't sure how to parlay that into a job, but I knew that, that, that I wanted to, to do that. And um, I got into fitness later in life and but it had become a pretty major part of my life prior to the injury uh and one of the things that i really missed uh and i i had dreams about for a few years post injury was running um and uh, i enjoyed cycling off and on uh i'd done it as a kid um in my teens and then sort of stopped for quite a while and gotten into it later in life. Um, and I'd gotten into lifting weights and, and doing all sorts of different stuff. And uh, I was on the tactical medic team uh, prior to my injury. Uh, and so we went out and trained with the, the SWAT teams in the area mm-hmm. and went on um, call outs with them so that, you know, if one of them went down, instead of having to wait until the scene got cleared, we would actually be there with them and could take care of them and uh, they continue on on the mission. And um, a lot of that training really helped me in my rehab and just sort of getting back into that because I'd had several days, you know, you're in black gear with ceramic plates on and a black helmet. And so you're carrying extra weight and everything's black and it's hot and having several times where I didn't think I could go on anymore, but everybody else was. So I didn't want to be the guy that uh, went out, so to say, and then um, had to, you know, look bad in front of everybody else, which I know is ego, but, you know, so I pushed through and I found out that I could do more than my body than I thought my body could. And so in physical therapy, uh, you know, I figured we only had so much, per day. So if they asked me if I needed to take a break, I'd be like, no, I'll I'll take a break after the session. Or if they asked me to do 10 of something, I would do 12. Or if they asked me to do three sets of 10, I would just do 30. Um, And I just pushed 
because I knew early on that um, as I was talking to myself that I could lie around and mope. And a year from then, I would still be lying around or I could push myself and I would have as close to a normal life as as I could. And so that was just sort of the the drive. I mean, it was at first it was to get out of the hospital and then it was um, I'm out now. What? And so it was to push to be able to to function. You know, the I'm tired of people having to drive me around and to like be worried every time that I'm transferring in and out of a car and using the transfer board. So first it was not to have to use the transfer board. And then it was to, um, you know, still not have the person like, you know, sitting there waiting to finally, uh, now my common response, you know, if I'm out and about and somebody asks me if, uh, I need help when I'm getting into my car, it's like, no, thanks. I'm sort of in a hurry. Uh, just because it would take longer to explain to them how to help me than to actually just do it myself. So, um, and then as far as the fitness, um, I just, after I got done with therapy, uh, it was late October. And so the holidays were sort of coming up and, um, you know, I just, it wasn't a high priority. And by January, uh, I put on a bunch of weight and I didn't feel as good. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm two months post being done with therapy and I feel worse than when I was doing therapy every day. And so it was just a matter of wanting to get active again. And, and it started out as uh, I could do, I could go and work out or I could go run errands that day, but I couldn't do both. And uh, you know, eventually it got to the point where I could do both. And then I started working and um, but it, I got involved with, uh, as far as working, I got involved with uh, United Spinal about a year after my injury. And um, I just started meeting people and I was also at the gym all the time. And so I got involved with Think First, which is a brain and spinal cord injury prevention program. And uh, I was doing speaking with them um, and just being out and about and doing things uh, opportunities presented themselves. And, um, I just sort of followed those. It, they always seemed to come up when, uh, if I wasn't making enough at a job, another job would sort of come up that I could make more, or maybe, uh, it was a second part-time job. Um, cause, uh, when I was doing triathlon from 2009 to 2014, uh, I had part-time jobs just so I had more time to train and I could travel to go to races. Um, and so there was a lot of, um, I was trying to do the next right thing. I was trying to, uh, do what was right in front of me and, and take advantage of opportunities that I've been given. And by doing that, then other opportunities would just sort of come up, um, and different connections were made. And uh, most of my jobs that I've had since uh, the injury have come about because I've met people and they've recommended me and uh, either through volunteering or uh, work that I was doing at a different position. And, and so um, not that that's why I volunteered, but uh, just being connected in the community uh, and doing the best that I could and trying to do the next right thing brought up other opportunities that I may not have expected. Well, Adam, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us. We got a little chance to 
to know you a little bit better and about your, your journey, being a spinal cord injury uh, uh, survivor like I am and how we're, we're thriving and we're not letting that stop us. And Adam, let's talk about now uh, this trip that you embarked upon. It started in San Diego, California, uh, not too far from where I live. And um, what was it like being out there? Did you, how many hours a day did you, did you do hand cycling? When did you take a break? You know, fill those gaps for us, if you don't mind. Sure. It, it really ranged a lot. And early on in, in the planning, um, it's always been dangerous to cycle across the country. And while I was planning, uh, several people were hit and killed uh, on regular bicycles and they sit up much higher than I do on the hand cycle. And uh, I'd already been nervous. There are several states that you can't have a chase vehicle behind you because when I first started planning, I was thinking, um, I'll just have somebody driving behind me, maybe somebody in front of me, and you know we'll get that extra protection so I don't have to worry about getting hit. And that wasn't necessarily going to be an option. So I decided that I would ride paths or trails in each city and then drive from one city to the next. So I put in mileage in San Diego on trails, uh, and then I um, drove to Phoenix put in more miles in Phoenix and then continued on the path. Um, and the number of hours a day really depended there. I'm how I felt the weather, all sorts of different things came into play, but a uh, typical day was uh, a little over uh, three hours, sometimes up to four and a half. It really depended. I was trying to do 50 miles a day and it just didn't work out, especially in the beginning. Uh, I, had some issues with the hotel room the first day that I was supposed to be riding and was unable to get out at all. And then the the uh, next day I got out, the third day I had some stomach issues. So, you know, stuff like that popped up. But uh, by the time I was riding consistently, I was trying to do 40 or 45 miles a day just to sort of keep that um, consistency possible uh, just for training uh leading up to it because i have a job i didn't get to the point where i wanted to get to so i think just um it was necessary to do about 40 45 miles a day so uh depending on all sorts of different variables that's usually a shade under three hours to three and a half hours just depending on terrain winds weather all that sort of good stuff um and it was it was really an amazing trip and, and uh, I didn't get as much press as I had hoped. And there were some times where we would just, they would be calling and I would call them back and we just couldn't get up. And then other places, uh, Oklahoma city or in the, the uh, tornado alley uh, we were sending, you know, press releases a week and a half, five days, two days before I got into town and all three days that we sent press releases uh, to Oklahoma City uh, stations, um, tornadoes hit. So obviously they are going to focus their attentions on the tornadoes and not these other press releases coming in. So, uh, But one great thing is, is if you get out of a van in a wheelchair and you start pulling a, a hand cycle out and, you know, messing around with it and airing up tires, it, it tends to draw attention. So I got a, a lot of people that would just stop and, and talk to me that, uh, you know, were 
getting ready to go for a walk or a run or a bike ride themselves on the same trails that I was riding. And so they'd stop and ask questions and uh, about the bike. And then I would tell them what I was doing and, you know, watch their heads explode and, you know, have conversations, uh, which sometimes meant that I got a little shorter ride in that day because there are a few days where uh, San Diego, especially because I started in April, I would go later in the day just so it would warm up because the trails I were riding were down by the sea. So, um, you know, 62 and windy is awfully chilly if you're somebody with a spinal cord injury. So I would wait until it got up a little bit higher and then go for a ride. And so there are a couple of times where, which was perfect because somebody would stop me as I was unloading and they'd want to talk. And, uh, I, you know, take the time to talk to them and maybe get a two hour ride in instead of a three hour ride. But there were several times where I was loading up afterwards and they would talk to me, which, you know, then it's dark and, uh, they would apologize. And I'd tell them that that's, I mean, the reason I was out there, I mean, that, that brought me up because, uh, until Pittsburgh, I was by myself. So I had my service dog with me and that was it. And so, you know, you go so many days where it's just you in a hotel room and, you know, maybe talking to somebody at a restaurant or something for a few moments and, uh, talking to family on the phone. But, um, those days where people would stop and talk to me, that, that really helped, uh, the loneliness that, that can happen on the road. Very impressive, Adam, what you were able to do. I, I couldn't do it. You know, I wouldn't be able to, to do maybe, maybe one mile now and I would, uh, probably poof out. So you got to help me out to, to get that endurance. One thing that I really appreciate about you, Adam, is that you were doing this to help raise money to help us all out in the spinal cord injury community. And we, we applaud you for that, you know, because that's, you know, sometimes being a spinal cord injury uh, survivor, we, um, we can get a little selfish sometimes. We can get a little self-centered. It's all about us. And what can somebody do for us? And it's refreshing what you're doing for the whole community, Adam. And that's, you know, we, we need to be more like you when it comes to that and think of others and not, and not ourselves. And, 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 and I know you talked about your, your faith and, and everything. And that, you know, that, that's really what, what has carried me over the 30 years uh, since my injury. And, 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 and some who don't get that, they have not tasted to see how good, spiritual food is to to help uh you know give us the the proper outlook on a lot of things and yeah it doesn't have to be my faith but man some sort of faith or spiritual journey makes a huge difference and and that's it i mean mine's changed for me over the years before and after the injury but another thing that that really struck home to me is and i don't know what your experience was after your injury but um you know, I was in EMS and then you also work with fire departments and you work with police departments and the number of people that I had at the hospital, they, they, uh, had somebody from my department, uh, because the people I was writing with knew that I worked for the department, didn't know how to get a hold of my family. So they called the department. They had somebody at the hospital prior to the, uh, helicopter landing at the hospital that I was in and, and they had somebody there. 24 hours a day uh, for the first two weeks, and then somebody that from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. for the rest of the th- the next three weeks that I was in uh, the the rehab unit. 
just sort of being a liaison between my family and all the visitors that I got coming in because I did have both uh, because of my faith and because uh, I've been in recovery and just friends and the firefighters and police officers and uh, fellow EMS folks, I just had tons of visitors coming coming in and they also the department that I worked for made sure that uh, I understood that I had short-term disability and made sure that I got all the paperwork that I needed to do that and didn't even have to think about it. Uh, my disability retirement, um, they built ramps onto my aunt and uncle's house that I moved into, and then they were going to do my dad's house. And it, you know, there was a lot going on so that they kind of forgot about it. And then Christmas was coming up and uh, my dad happened to mention that we normally have Christmas at his house. And so they were out there in December in Kansas building a ramp onto his house so we could have Christmas at his house. And I, the overwhelming support that I had from other people, a lot of people, because I've done some things, talk about what an inspiration my attitude was and that all that I've done since my injury. And I always am quick to say that the only reason I was able to do any of that is because, um, all of this, the support that I had, I would not be where I am today if I didn't have the friends, the family members. You know, my dad was uh, at the hospital every day, all day. We had to kick him out on his birthday so that uh, other family members could take him out for a nice dinner. He just, he was there. He moved in uh, with my uh, aunt and uncle because for the first can't remember it was a month or two months. Um, I had to wear a brace, so I wasn't able to get in and out of the shower on my own, and I wasn't able to do the bowel program on my own. And he was there to do that, um, and glad to do it. And so I, I had all of this support. And then when I started doing peer mentoring through United Spinal, one thing that became very apparent to me very quickly is most people don't have that, and. Um, I had that because nothing that I had done, it was the people that are, I had been blessed to be surrounded by. And so I wanted to give that to people and then going and, you know, mentoring guys and they're, you know, I specifically going, remember going to see a gentleman that was about the same age as me. Uh, it was a few years after my injury. It must've been five years because I was in my apartment and, um, I rolled in and he asked how I got there and I told him I drove and his mind was blown because I drove. And then he asked where I was living because he thought I was also living in a nursing facility. So when I lived, told him that I lived in an apartment on my own, it blew his mind. And when I told him that I was working and living independently and, and he, you know, he could not fathom that. And so, uh, one, just getting out there and telling people that, you know, life is possible after a spinal cord injury and depending on your level of injury, different, you know, there's varying levels of uh, how much help you might need, but you can go out and you can have a life. And, uh, you know, so just the thought that he was in a nursing home and thought that that's what his life was going to have to be, um, one, letting him know that that wasn't that didn't have to be. And then also to being able to connect him with some resources so that he could get some help getting from where he was to where he wanted to be. And just, yeah, I mean, I, 
again, I was, I was given so much and it wasn't because I'm anything special. I just happened to have amazing friends and family and coworkers, which are also family um, that I want to pass that along. So other people can get the same benefit of that support and live their fullest life with a spinal cord injury. It, it's, it, everybody should have that path. It's just that it's not a clear path for everybody. And I mean, a lot of ableism, as much as it is difficult to deal with, it also has that newly injured person because of ableism. They don't think that anything other than a nursing home is possible. And so uh, I try to remember that I do get annoyed. I will be the first person to admit I, I am human. So, but like, you know, when I'm out grocery shopping and they, somebody comes up to me and tells me that it's good to see me out. I know that it is well-intentioned, but I also know that that comes from ableism thinking that it's odd to see somebody out in a wheelchair. I want to get to the point where it's so normal to see somebody out in a wheelchair doing their grocery shopping, going on dates, um, working all of that thing that nobody thinks anything of it. So they don't think that they need to come up and say something like that. Yeah, I, I get that. I definitely get that. And, um, you know, I think back to my family support system too. And that, that really helped me out too, because I wouldn't be able to, to do it without support of, of my family and my fiance at the time who decided to, to marry me, uh, three years later, uh, cause we were supposed to get married in 93 and that's when I had my accident. Uh, so our, our wedding was pushed back six more years. So she decided to, to, to stay there with me and everything. So, yeah that, oh, that support system, yeah, that support system really, really helped. And you know what I tell people when they say, it's good to see me out? You know what I tell them, Adam? I say, it's good to, I say, it's good to see you too out. And then they look like, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's good to see you out too. So I kind of flip the script on them sometimes. And then it gets them to think like, wow, okay, maybe I shouldn't say that. So yeah, teach them. I have a couple of times, it's probably not the best response. It was funny, but it's probably not the right thing to say. But somebody, you know, has asked me, just a random person, you know, it's one thing if I'm getting to know somebody and they ask about my injury, but a random person in the grocery store or whatever is, you know, what happened to you? And I was like, oh, a motorcycle accident. What happened to you? And then they're like, oh. <laughs> just like, uh, it's, I, I used to always get when I got injured because I, you know, lived in Long Beach, you know, um frequent south central a lot compton you know mm. all the all the hoods and everybody always would say did you get shot and i'm like no it was an automobile accident so i didn't get shot so but i'm glad i finally stopped getting that but i was in rancho los amigos with a lot of guys who did get shot so sure. uh, i guess so i guess there there uh the the averages was on on their side that i did get shot but why even bring that to somebody's attention if yeah. they did what if you something. had like yeah Oh, let me relive this worst day that ever. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah but uh, I do get, I mean, I've got, you know, the the high and tight haircut and I I tend to keep myself in shape. So I get a lot of, uh, oh, did you serve? And there's just no good response to that because like, no, I, 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 I'm sorry. I like, now I feel bad because I didn't serve type of deal. And yeah. you know, God bless the guys that did, but like I, I didn't. So now like, nope. I'm just an idiot, you know, like I don't have a good story. Sorry. No, no, I get it. I get it. And, and Adam, before, before I let you go, anything else from this whole experience of, of hand biking uh, across 
the the United States. What 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 is what are some of the the memories you're going to take away from this whole experience? There are several, uh, and the one thing that that uh, I noticed early on in the journey and and just continued on and I'm one what amazing way to to see the country and I've seen places that I'd either just been in the airport before or been to places that I've never been and and uh, drove around parts of the east eastern part of the country that I'd I'd never been and uh, just the uh, ignorance like driving into Pittsburgh I was like I had no idea that there are a bunch of mountains around Pittsburgh you know they're not the Rockies by any stretch but they are mountains and I, I just that ignorance of like not knowing my geography very well but uh, but one of the things that I mean, you you couldn't get any more different from San Diego to Oklahoma to Columbus, Ohio to New York. But um, and and the country does seem to be very divided right now. And there there are some things that we are pretty divided on. But there are good people all across the country, no matter what type of city. You know, I, I've never believed in the flyover state deal. I'm from Kansas City originally, and and uh, I've been all over the country, and I still think Kansas City is one of the best cities in the nation. But uh, it's a well-kept secret. Um, but people are generally good across the country. And, uh, you know, I, I met Democrats and I met Republicans across the country, and most of them were pretty nice. And um, just that it gave me a little bit of hope. Um, the the role on Capitol Hill that United Spinal Association does every year always gives me hope uh, because you go in and you feel like you're a part of the government and, and your voice is being heard, uh, which was also true because I, I got to take part in that again this year. But uh, being in different cities all across the country in different regions of, of the country, um, there are good people everywhere across the country and um, and we're not as different as it can sometimes seem. Um, and then just all the different people that I either met or, um, you know, this was the, I mean, in the middle of a pandemic and uh, I mean, there have been ups and downs and all of that. But uh, so going back to Kansas City, um, it was the first time that I'd seen several of the people since before the pandemic. I'd seen my family members that lived there, but uh, getting to uh, meet with the United Spinal Chapter in Kansas City and they had a picnic uh, while I was there. And there were 50 or 60, maybe more people out and just seeing the group there and seeing several people that I, had, you know, spent all kinds of time with and meeting new people. Uh, and just meeting people from different chapters across the country was amazing. Um, and here's the the deal. I mean, I did do something that that was difficult and challenging, and I don't want to downplay what I'm doing, but uh, or did. But the the people that are involved in advocacy and and working with people with spinal cord injuries day in and day out and are consistent year in and year out that have been doing the work for a very long time, that is something that, that I, I struggle with. Um, I get involved in things and uh, I've been involved with United Spinal for a long time, but that consistency of day in and day out, being consistent in the work, 
uh, I'm not always good at that. Uh, I'm better at that with fitness, but with advocacy, I'm not. And so uh, working and meeting those people and working with them, it has given me some more uh, motivation and intention to get better with that and uh, continue to grow in that. Because, I mean, that's, that's the deal. We're, we've all got room to grow. And it's just one of those areas that it, it shined a lot on that. But uh, the, the trip in general, was it difficult? Yes. And more of the difficulties were traveling with the spinal cord injury and being gone for three months and trying to pack catheters and suppositories and getting that timed out right and all that stuff. Um, and yes, the, the daily writing was challenging, but, um, but man, overall, it was worth it. There were amazing things and, and I didn't raise as much money as I'd hoped, but I'd made connections with people. And I'm hoping that I've done the work to lay a foundation so that, uh, you know, if somebody else wants to, to do it, I can get them the information that they need to go on and we can grow, uh, grow this. And it, it doesn't have to be the end. And, and it, we can, you know, hopefully I planted a seed that we can take this and grow it into something bigger. And, uh, you know, whether it be several different things, in several different cities at the same time or somebody going across the country or something. I, I just, I know that there's something there. And so I'm looking forward to working with United Spinal to, to move on from there. Awesome. And Adam, we, we appreciate you. Stories like yours need to be magnified and not some of the divisive storylines that always lead different news organizations, different websites, Whatever it is, stories like this need to trend to let people know that there is some still amazing, good people in the world and not everybody's at each other's throat. So we are going to help magnify that message, Adam, and not only because you're one of my relatives, but because <laughs> you are you are just an awesome guy. And, and Adam, I look forward to chatting with you again as you continue to push the envelope and helping us out. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure and I've enjoyed it. A huge shout out to my relative, Adam Lane. See the family resemblance that we have? Now, I really enjoyed chatting with him about his injury, about his recovery, and really about his mindset over the years and how he had to refocus and pursue different angles after his injury. But wasn't it amazing? hand cycling across America and to find out about that experience getting a, a front row seat so to speak with our mind's eye of what he was able to do really really appreciate having him on you can find out more about our strong will together campaign go to our website unitedspinal.org there you can see what it means to be strong will together you can support many causes like Adam talked about and others. And don't forget to go to our website too and find out some great things that we're doing when it comes to just informing individuals out there, taking care of veterans, and doing a, a lot of great things that you may not be aware of. So do us a favor, give us a look on our website and also share this episode too with ones that you would think would, would benefit by this and this talk. Well, it's time for me to get out of here. Until next time, folks. Please stay healthy, stay safe, and remember, yes, 
I love you guys a life. Take care.